0: Welcome to Rajkotet Show number one podcast in Dubai and joining me as always is Vic, but he literally left five seconds ago because his night is crazy. He will be on the podcast and back like he never left. I'm telling you, if this podcast is made up of different characters, let's say I'm the breath of fresh air, then Alex is here. He would be the morning breath. How are you, Alex? It's good to have you back good, on the I'm good, I'm
1: good. Yeah, it, it is good to be back after two weeks, you know
0: what happened you slept
1: through last week what's your excuse i honestly don't have an excuse there's there's no excuse to be made you know <laughs> they're just i'm young and i need <laughs> to make all my
0: mistakes now as i'm a teenager there we yeah go. good stuff it's good to have you back alex we're actually hanging out with your dad this week uh, next um
1: week. next week right yeah my dad yeah told me yeah is do, it for the do, plus one
0: yeah yeah doing some yeah. Big stuff yeah we're not gonna speak yeah, about, about the podcast because it's just too it's too huge but yeah so looking forward to that and um yeah for everybody else it's an incredible episode We talk about some superb stories today, including a huge announcement for Love Soul. We are going to be, ah, well, you know what? Just wait till after the music you're going to hear, as well as advertisers returning to Amazon. Elon Musk has threatened to punch Kanye, or at least suggested that he felt like doing it. We'll talk about what that means. The UAE has pulled in $2.9 million this year in hotel earnings. We're going to break that down. Kevin Hart's going on tour again. Jay-Z is suing Bacardi because he's trying to sell off some shares and it looks like Bacardi's trying to lowball him. We'll break that story down as well as the hype around OpenAI. Yep, there's a chat bot that does real work for you if you ask it. And a little touch of Kanye stuff along the way as well. As far as like content recommendations, bit of comedy, a lot of comedy and a big shout out for one of our former clients, one of the four piece graduates who is wrapping up a radio show this week we're going to give her her props give her, her flowers we're going to talk a bit about football and i think that pretty much covers everything right alex yeah that's everything do you enjoy the show great show all right it's time to let people listen to it run the music all right welcome to the Raj Tetch show Ban, big announcement to make Super secret announcement. In fact, this announcement is so secret that we are making it today. Technically, we're sharing it ahead of the embargo time. We're the only person we can share it with for the sake of the podcast, knowing that this will not go out until Friday afternoon. Does that make sense, Alex? Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so here's the news. Let's see if you can guess it. And then for the micro on, on Instagram... I'll like formally announce it, but for everyone listening on the podcast, we're going to play a little bit of a guessing game. Okay. So the announcement has to do with Love Soul and Soul DXP. That's the first level of clue. Uh,
1: then uh, then like m- the first thought that jumps to mind is Love Soul's doing a gig at Soul DXP.
0: Okay. So you think like one of the sets, right? So we are not yeah, doing a set. Or,
1: or in part of with, with like the little, um, you know, how there's stands around in different companies and stuff. I'm sure some of them would allow you to perform there. <laughs> so that's the framing of that is I'm sure some of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure I'm sure. In, I'm sure it, world. Yeah. I'm sure like, yeah, if you had a
0: medical note or something and explained your situation that they'd probably give you a pass, they'd let you move to the front of the queue. Which of the brands in Dubai do you think would be the one that we would be performing at?
1: Um, it's a good question.
0: It is a good question. You might need to use your head.
1: Something I don't do often. Yeah. I don't, I haven't even looked at a list of all the brands that are coming to sold DXB. So that, I mean, that, like that would have been a start.
0: Yeah, it would be a start. I mean, but sometimes the answer could be right amongst you yeah i
1: literally clocked it as soon as you started saying that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right that yeah so yeah that's good right okay
0: yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a breakdown of, of what it is and then Vic, i'm gonna hand over to you so big announcement love soul djs okay let me do this right so i can actually like i can actually like le- like mix it in with uh, a little bit a, a little bit of summit for the for the for the instagram okay So, huge announcement today on the podcast. The Love Soul DJs are going to be performing live for the first time ever. Two DJ sets, 4 o'clock and 2.30, which is on Saturday and Sunday at Soul DXP at the Amongst Few stand. It's going to be incredible. For me, personally, as you know, this is a brand I've been wearing from their first drop. I love the brand. I don't buy any branded clothes, really. I prefer to brand my own. But this is one company that I've been super loyal to. Uh, We've been involved with them in other capacities before. Uh, Previous Soul DXBs when they did the collaboration with uh, Biggs for uh, Rockefeller. That was very good. But this one, we're actually going to be DJing there at Soul DXB itself. I'm super hyped. For me, it feels like a full circle event. I might be the most hyped person about this. I know other DJs do things with other brands all year round, and that's how they keep the lights on. We don't DJ for a living. For us... This is just a vibe. And we're going to be sharing the bill with some incredible artists like Parvain and Crown Prince, all of which are phenomenal. And they are in their lane. And we don't cross over into theirs and they don't cross over into ours. So the way they put this bill together of DJs is just superb. And we are with some incredible like music lovers and DJs uh, at the brand that I love the most here in the city. Aside from the ones that we create, of course. So uh so I'm feeling good. Vic, where is your head at? This is the first time we DJed in six months uh, yeah. since my birthday party. Obviously, where possible over the last fifteen years, we always DJ in a situation where people can come and consume it for free. But this is going to be something big for anybody who's got a ticket for Seoul DXP this week. So I'm I'm super excited because there's a there's a couple of things.
2: Number one, it's my first time going to Seoul uh, DXP in the six years that I've lived here, which is not something that I would have expected of myself. So it's a little bit disappointing myself. However, I'm going this weekend, and it's great. And you know Shayla and a, my wife and my son are coming as well. But it add that like being able to DJ adds that extra layer of like excitement for for the event mm. and then doing it with and or in collaboration with amongst few adds that additional layer of excitement for me because again, as you quite rightly said, amongst few, in my opinion is is the best kind of homegrown brand, you know, like the best homegrown organic brand in the region. That's my opinion. I think that the way that they do things is really stylistic. It's very, very, very kind of in touch with the culture. And I just love the way they do their stuff. So I'm really pleased to have been asked and I'm really grateful. Um, musically, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we've discussed the music for for some time now over the last kind of few days. And uh, yeah, man, it, it kind of it will help me take me back to sort of a little bit of my roots in terms of what I'm going to play. I don't know if I should really speak about it now, but just come along and listen. But I'm going to kind of lean more towards where my passion of music is, which is kind of more around the kind of 90s hip hop and dance hall and that kind of era of music.
0: Yep. Yep. So excited, once again, man. yeah, once again. So just to just to double reiterate, if you're planning your timing, if you're going to be coming to Soul DXB, it's going to be the Love Soul DJs, a special performance on both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday from four till five: thirty, Sunday from 2.30 to 4 at the amongst few area, pavilion, whatever it is they got. We know what they're creating. We're not going to talk about that on the podcast. What we do know is it's going to be incredibly special. And a big congratulations to them as well for their uh, collaboration that they've just announced today, in fact, to the whole world, which is their collaboration with Power Horse, right? That's what they're called? Yeah. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Which, which is an energy drink. So uh, big up to them. That, that whole campaign looks incredible. When... Amongst viewers on their Soul Dxb Wave, it's super special. So what you're going to get is the biggest brand in the region at the most important cultural event in the region uh, with the biggest DJs. It's going to be just incredible. So I can't wait for you to guys. I can't wait for you guys to come along. Make sure that you're at the stand at those times, and we will be having a good old time. Also, for folks listening, I'll be at the Def Jam booth as well, which is two o'clock on Saturday. I'll be doing a 15-minute interview with my dear friend Marzi and a 30-minute DJ set. So a lot of music being spread around. My first time actually participating in Seoul in any significant way other than just being with certain artists that are passing through friends of ours. So, yeah, really excited, super happy. We're starting off on a good buzz. Alex, this should be the FOMO event of the year for you because you you know that you would be like guest list up, VIP'd up, camera in hand.
1: Yeah, I also know that like I I've been to Seoul two years and it was something that I really enjoyed, and I know going again after having been off for so many years would have been like super nice.
0: Alex, what are your uh so- what are your
1: first time of tips for Vic, being that you've been to Seoul Dxb already a couple of times? I mean, I guess you're going to be there for different slash same purposes as me, like some different, some same, and I think you're going to be there with um. Na and um, Shayla, right? I'd assume uh, so. Yeah, they're
2: gonna they're gonna come for like part of it, like some of Saturday, some of Sunday. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you're gonna be doing at least when Na is there, you're gonna be following him around and doing what he wants to do. So you're not uh, gonna uh, really. Good or, point. Or, or 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 maybe you force him to do what you want to do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, you know, it's interesting. That's an interesting point. I was thinking about that, and you know, when when they say, when when you see something through a child's eyes, like when mm-hmm. they see something over the first time, you're like, oh, okay, I can remember what it was like, mm-hmm. experiencing that or seeing that for the first time, we're both going into soul like that. So I, I can't even guide bad. him as to like, oh, you need to go and check this out or check that we'll we'll both be kind of discovering mm-hmm. what soul is for the first time together. And that, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, that's incredible.
1: Sure. and. Has the um, layout been released yet? Because I know, like, you remember, it was like Tokyo, I think three, four years ago. Ah,
0: the theme, no. The so theme.
1: It hasn't it been ha- released, right?
0: Yeah, they, they've, d- they've had like an island theme before, like based in like dancehall yeah. culture, and then they had the Tokyo one. I do not know what the theme is, which is interesting. Um, I think it might be something around the kind of Arabic, Arabesque kind of vibe, because they've got a central host for the first mm-hmm. time. And so I think we're going to see a lot of that influence aesthetically. And based on last week's podcast, we were talking about Middle Beast and all these other things that are coming up in the region. I think there's never been a better time or an open lane to embrace the kind of Arab aesthetic Mm -hmm. uh, while still having all these other incredible elements like Bass coming, Ari Lennox coming, Natasha Diggs coming. So it's going to be very, very nice. So yeah, we are excited to announce that. Cannot wait. Once again, those timings are, make sure you get there. It's going to be, what time did I say? Man, I'm losing my mind already. So the timing is going to be... Saturday
2: is 4 p.m. to 5.30.
0: Yeah. And then Sunday is 2 p.m. till 3.30. Did I get that right? No, the timing is Saturday 4 p.m. to 5.30 and Sunday half two till four. Got it. So it's two 90-minute sets. Me and Vic will be breaking them up and uh, just come and have a good time. Also, from what I understand as well, the upper deck... uh, of amongst few is going to be licensed we're gonna have a good old time because there's going to be drinks flowing cool people we're probably going to send messages out to the my friends your friends community as well so anybody who overlaps that's in the community that wants to come down and hang out with us make sure you do that okay great let's get into some stories uh, we're gonna have vic yeah. moderate today so vic's got the ducket.
2: yeah man so the first news is big news coming out of twitter world and um elon musk put out a little quote A little tweet, sorry, a few days ago saying just a note to thank advertisers for returning to Twitter. So some time ago when he uh, took over Twitter and all the advertisers basically ran away and said, we're not going to advertise with you. It seems like apparently that they're all going to come back, starting with Amazon and Apple. Now, I will caveat this by saying that they've declined to comment. Amazon and Apple haven't actually said officially that they're coming back and advertising. I think it's inevitable, but uh, this is from the, the tweet of Elon Musk on December the fourth. So a couple of things to actually note: you know, Apple is, um, its largest advertiser, you know, in the first quarter of this year alone, they spent $48 million on advertising. Amazon are, it's suggested that Amazon will play around a hundred million dollars of advertising into Twitter next year. So you know, for, for, for Twitter's sake and for Elon's sake, I hope it's true, you know, like they, they're going to need the revenue. They're going to need the money. This little $8 thing is not going to cut it. So what do you think, Raj? I mean, do you think it's true? Do you think they're going to come back?
0: I heard on Pivot, Kara Swisher was saying that it was basically all theatrics that um, that um Elon was saying that Twitter might get taken off the Apple platform, off App Store. That was never confirmed by anybody other than Elon, you know, it's just him ranting. And I think he was just trying to be in the news cycle as he as he tries to do every a couple of times a week. He then went over to Apple HQ. He had a walk around with Tim Cook. There was some press opportunities. Tim was not in any videos. I don't even believe he was in any stills, but he might have been because I've not seen the actual story. And it was just kind of one of those moments where I feel like Tim Cook was like, OK, it's our turn to be in Elon's news cycle. We're going to deal with it with uh, class and humility and a bit of grace, and we're just going to keep it moving. So I think that I don't think that I don't think that it's you know switching Apple's advertising down from several million, like several tens of millions, down to zero. It's just too much of a swing, regardless of what the economic condition is. Same with Apple because there are an increasing amount of eyeballs now on Twitter. They're kind of going through their their second kind of renaissance. So uh, yeah, I just think I think one thing that Elon's not factored in by being in the news all the time is what the damaging effect of fatigue is because when it comes to generating PR, when you when you actually hit that moment of fatigue in consumer's eyes, it's like being really, really active in the gym, overdoing it in the gym, and then catching an injury. And there is no coming back to the gym until that injury is healed. What Elon's doing right now is Elon's being one of those guys that wants to be in the gym three times a day before breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What he doesn't realize is that he is going to wear down the attention of people online. That's going to lead to fatigue, a solid permanent or semi-permanent fatigue. That's the equivalent of being injured when you're in the gym. And then people are going to be like, listen, we only have so much attention to give you, Elon. We've only got so much time with everything else that's going on in the world. A lot of talk about recession next year, a lot of stuff going on in terms of like the global, you know, climate change and wars and things of that nature. And eventually people are gonna be like, you know what, I need to put Elon on mute. In fact, I had a meeting this morning with a great dude and he said that he muted me- Elon recently because he was just like, It's just not valuable. It's 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 not new it's noiseworthy, but it's not newsworthy. And that's the biggest threat to Elon right now is that it's a lot of the signal to noise ratio is actually off. You have to really cut through a lot of crap to get something valuable from
1: this man right now.
0: Yeah, but I mean I- Oh. Go, on, go on, Alex. I was go just going to
1: say, how long do you think it'll take until people stop caring?
0: I think we've probably seen, the, t- we've probably seen the, the tip, not the tipping point, but we've probably seen it start happening now. I think next year when people get their credit card bills in January and February and people are like, okay, what does my actual earning capacity and potential look like next year? Being that fuel prices and food prices and everything is going to be a little bit higher. And I think they're going to realize that they're going to have to focus on really what makes their life tick and their home life tick and it's and spending 20 30 minutes less on social media a day might be one of those things now that's just yeah. that, that's just a behavioral thing anyway like that also mm. means people are going to go out to restaurants less i know this holiday season yeah. with the family right now i'm already hacking and saying okay do we need to all spend 4 to 700 dirhams on christmas lunch which includes drinks or do we just go for a really the same christmas lunch for like 250 and then come back to my place and drink then like not that drinking is the thing i don't want to make it about mm, that yeah. but like you know can we can we just not have the drinks with our meal between 1 and 4 and between us if we all come back to my place that's like 1500 dirhams we've not handed over a restaurant's counter to to do what to drink a little bit between 1 and 4 it's not worth it so I think I think what happens is when you feel – it's almost like where we are right now with with the recession and the economy next year is it's not time to change clothes and add layers. But what people are doing is they're buttoning up their jumpers. So they're not necessarily outwardly changing what's on their surface area by adding jackets and preparing for this cold winter, like this cold downturn. But what they are doing is they're adjusting what they do have to make it a little bit more appropriate for the fact that they can feel a bit of a, a cold breeze coming you know, for, across the way. That's That's my two cents. I'm just worried that you, I'm just worried that you button up your jumpers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's a cause of concern for me. But the the thing that you're saying about fatigue, I think that's really important for anyone that's in the public eye. Um, If you're not providing valuable content and look, you know, there are many creators out there that I find extremely valuable for me, whether it be personally or professionally. And we've spoken about it recently with someone tim ferris james l torcher you know i i sometimes and i'm really like a heavy listener of those two guys but i have to take a break sometimes because i do get a bit of fatigue on their style or maybe their topics or what they're talking about but in saying that i think elon's not at the tipping point of that yet i think he's still got a long way to go he's he's got this knack of saying stuff on twitter or just saying stuff as a as a kind of law of attraction type type situation you know he's like let me put it out then see if i can make it happen for me and you know in invariably he does but then also at the same time when you think about the mind shares you're talking about raj if people are going into the recession next year and uh you know where they spend their time money and you know their attention is obviously going to be really important but someone like elon if he does it the right way and it's just not this constant barrage and he's quite strategic about it, people will still give him the attention because it's this kind of breakaway from the norm or maybe the hardships or the difficulties. And most people, most people aren't really going to do any kind of critical thinking about Elon's tweets or or form any like real in-depth opinion or maybe talk about it on a podcast like we do. Uh, Most people are just going to go, oh, he just said something silly. Fine, move on. And it's just like this moment just to kind of, release like a little pressure cooker and and i
0: think that's where people are going to treat it can can i ask you can i ask you a question then can i take you into a into a parallel universe i'll ask this to both of you right so elon uh what was it called y combinator sam altman is the founder of y combinator which is alex it's a incubator a very famous one that has a whole bunch of money and from (laughs) different vcs and they're, they're they're meant to do like micro investments they get okay. some equity from the company, and then they 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 kind of grow these little seedlings of companies en masse, and then some of them go on to do great things. I think Airbnb was one such company that joined this incubator. So Sam Altman, serious guy in the tech industry. Sam Altman, back in 2015, created a company called OpenAI, and the co-founder of that was Elon Musk. I think in a parallel universe where Elon had not bought Twitter this week, Elon would have been celebrated through the roof. It would have been another hit record for him. You know what I mean? It's like you'd have added to the catalog because we've got the boring company. Super interesting. SpaceX, super interesting. Tesla, super interesting stuff with robots. Great. I think open AI would have just graduated to that Mount Rushmore league of things that he's involved in. But I think everyone is so distracted right now by Elon, Twitter, direct full contact combat with Kanye, direct full combat contact with Trump that actually he wasn't even able to get some of that limelight sh- Put on him and for anybody who's managed to use gpt 3.5 the latest open ai chatbot, you'd be like man that's pretty cool i'd definitely like give elon a high five for, for for his involvement in that have either of you had a chance to use it yet no yeah, i've I not used it yet but what did you think of it
2: i think it's great i think it's amazing i've not i've not been sitting there like for hours on end <laughs> using it but i um i kind of i did what you said earlier today I, I looked at like some kind of terms and just put in some like keywords that i wanted and it gave me something quite interesting back i've done um oh i did i wrote I, I asked for it to write some like content uh for like landing pages and just like website stuff and just seeing how it would how it would uh kind of fire it back to me and i thought it was brilliant it's not going to give me hundred percent of what I need of course but it will give me enough to
0: inspire me to write what I need to write I think it's a really really aggressively smart tool you know what Vic earlier on I said let me show you something and you said no show me later because I'm you're busy with something let me let me read it out to you right because obviously copywriting is one of the most common use cases whether it be copywriting essays for you or stuff like that by the way uh, um Alex huge Arb when it comes to getting this AI to write all your articles for you for university. I think you'd be getting straight first all the way through by just asking for asking it to write you paragraphs all and right. pages. But our friend Haroon Khan, as you know, Vic, he said, so this guy basically said it far better than I could. But yeah, what he said and what this chap said that he reposted on LinkedIn, a guy called Jay Akunzo, he asked a question in his status uh nine hours ago. Will AI disrupt writers? Good, fair question. It's something we're all asking. He goes, If you white label your writing, and it could be basically anyone in your niche, then AI is a replacement. If you understand how to imbue your writing with things that are uniquely your own, then AI is your intern. And so, I mean, we can talk about what Vic was doing earlier on. We're actually looking for clauses for contracts, for agreements, because as we start doing business with bigger and bigger companies, we've got to make sure that as we deal with bigger spec events that we put certain things in our in our in our contracts. And so if you're doing something which is generic like everybody else, like a clause, then yeah, you'd much rather go to open AI than pay a lawyer for half an hour to write you a paragraph. But you know I was doing some work this this week in in AI and like logic logic based writing and I did use GPT 3.5 to at least get me off the starter block when it came to figuring out what I wanted to write about and what I didn't. So I would ask OpenAI, "Hey, listen, what's your position on this? What's your position on that?" And then I would look at it, reflect on it, and say, based on everything that OpenAI has brought us, what's our position as an agency on it? And then I would just take the parts that mattered, and I would include it in this uh, this app that we're building. So yeah, it was really, really dope. I think Vic's frozen, has he? No, he's here. Oh, is he? Okay, he had frozen on my yeah, screen. So, oh. so that's where we're using it. So, so I guess that touches on touches on Elon. And open ai is there anything else elon related this week it Was probably another busy yeah. week for him
2: yeah so i mean i don't know much about this but elon musk was on um it looks like it was on a live uh twitter um he was on spaces he was on spaces sorry yeah i did yeah. the name just lost and there's like a 21 second clip where he's talking about the uh, incitement of violence and then he finishes it off by saying that he wanted to punch kanye did you hear Which, it?
0: Did you hear it? The, the 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 note yeah, that you put out. Yeah, I heard it. What What do you think, Alex? Like, we've not really touched so let, base let, on the
2: Kanye thing with you for a while.
0: Let's summarize it for the listener who's not heard it. So, it's, essentially, Elon took Kanye off Twitter because you're not allowed to incite violence as part of the terms and conditions. Elon said that he felt that some of the outlandishly terrible stuff that Elon posted, uh, that Kanye posted this week, g- graphical material. I was so offensive that it could incite violence. And the way that he kind of drove that point all the way home is it said it actually made him feel like he wanted to punch Kanye. Therefore that is, uh, inciting violence. So yeah, that's the situation. Um, let's just throw in the other half of the Kanye story here, which is that in the last 24 hours, he released a, an audio clip, mm-hmm. uh, uh of, of what sounds like the old Kanye that many of us know and love like early two thousands, Kanye. Wow, record definitely sounds like a good record. Uh, at the end, again, there's a lot of trolling. He's using a lot of stuff from interviews and stuff like that that really upset people. Um, he's not going to be able to reverse it. But yeah, all that considered, yeah, Alex, what do you think?
1: I mean, I th- I, think, uh, I think, I think, d- I don't know how to wait. Just give me two seconds on how to phrase this. Okay, just put, um, get, gather your thoughts, Vic. What's your yeah, yeah bigger.
2: Yeah, listen, you you guys all know, and everyone that listens knows my thoughts on this. Um, I don't care if he... Like, this record was very good. <laughs> um, but I don't care to... I don't care. Like, yeah. I listen to it because we're going to talk about it today. If we weren't going to talk about it, I probably wouldn't have listened. No, I definitely wouldn't have listened to it. That's exactly where I stand. But what, what,
0: about, what about the fact that... I mean, it's weird, right? Because you're almost... It, you're almost like talking about this kind of like mutation of news stories because Kanye wants to stay in the news. Elon wants to stay in the news. And occasionally they occupy the same news story. So when Kanye gets kicked off Twitter and then Elon brings him back and then he gets kicked off again and then he comes back and then Elon personally says, hey, I gave this guy plenty of opportunities. We've now had to cut him off and this is the clause and this is the reason and this is how it made me feel. It's kind of like almost like two things that you want to mute. I actually... The way I feel about this story is, is like in an orchestra, there'll be certain instruments that you like and there'll be certain instruments that you don't like the sound of or that you think are pointless. This week, based on the kind of year that we've had, and it's been a long, hard year with a lot of ups and downs, but the downs are going to be quite long-term downs. It's like hearing the two instruments in an orchestra that I don't want to hear. It's like, take mm. out all the instruments I do want to hear, take out all of the Scott Galloways, take out all of the All In podcasts, take out all of the... This Week at Startups or Coindesk or every group chat podcast. Take out all of that valuable content that's online and then focus just on two attention seekers who are simultaneously seeking attention. It's like two horrible instruments both playing at the same time. The rest of the orchestra switched off.
2: It's two It's two violinists playing out of key, out of tune, basically. And that's all you can hear because all the rest is in perfect harmony. And it's just these two violinists just playing in like weird, weird key, like just off key completely um yeah i mean look i i I don't really have much to say about it to be honest with you everyone like it's it's just it only hits my radar this stuff when it comes into our
0: editorial group yeah what about what about what about you alex have you got a position
1: yeah i mean i think it's just interesting to see that for the first or at least for the first big time elon musk goes on the side of not freedom of speech and actually putting like deciding like this point is too much because in the past from the point he was trying to get Twitter is always freedom of speech. Number one, things like that. And this is the first time where he kind of goes against that and says that he wanted to punch Kanye for what he said. Mm. And when somebody says they want to punch something, what's crazy
0: about that. And I think what, what does allow that to cross over into newsworthy is that it creates a visual in people's minds.
1: Mm, for like, sure, it,
0: yeah. it, it, would, it would be quite interesting right now for someone to use one of these AI movie creators or six second video creators to be like, make me a video of Elon punching Kanye and just mm. see like what, what the AI comes up with. Also just real quick. I I just touched on this kind of almost by mistake, but I want to share it with people because I want to give away kind of like essentially what it is that allows me to have like so many, so many positions. Obviously I'm active in business and I have a lot of like interest and I consume a lot of content, but interestingly this week, Spotify released Spotify wrapped and so I just like to share mine with people and mine as you guys can see on the screen it's pretty freaking predictable but I'll just read it out for you uh, number five is this week in startups which is uh a, almost like a daily show now at this point which is hosted by Jason Calacanis who's my former boss's boss and Molly Wood who's one of my favorite all-time like joint co-hosts of uh, to- when it comes to talking about tech and journalism Number four was the Coindesk podcast, uh, which is just an incredible, brilliant kind of podcast that that everything to do with macroeconomics, but very, very short, crypto, security, government policy. Number three is Pivot, one of my all-time crushes, Kara Swisher, mental brain crushes, with one of my favorite thought leaders, Scott Galloway. He's not always right. I feel like both of them don't know how to pronounce words superbly well, but I've always felt like they approach stories with respect and humor, and I love it. Uh, Number two is the All In podcast with Again, Jason Calacanis, Chamath, uh, David Sachs, and David Friedberg. And then number one is group chat. Big up to our friends over there, uh, D and Anand, and and Drama, who we've not met. But number one podcast has been my number one listened to podcast for the last two, three years. And so I just want to basically share that with people and say, these are probably my, no, not probably. Quantitatively, these are my five biggest news sources when it comes to podcasts. Obviously, I'm in the content industry, and I'm a huge content nerd. So I consume way more than the average person if you're looking for something to get into, or you're looking at changing up your content diet, why not check out some of the stuff that I listen to? Have you guys seen your Spotify wraps for this year? Yeah. What was yours,
1: Alex? In terms of podcasts or? Yeah, let's just... go with
0: podcasts. Yeah. Podcast, It'd be to not... see the
1: music side as well, but we spoke yeah. about that on a previous podcast, but yeah, mm-hmm. podcast po- side. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast number one was group chat. Number two was diary of a CEO. Um, number three was all in. Number four, Gary Vee. And then five was I don't remember. I don't okay, remember find
0: find maybe. it find it on your phone if you can. Whilst, whilst we head over to Vic, right Vic, have you seen your Spotify Wrapped? Oh, Vic doesn't consume podcasts on Spotify, so your ah. day is not going to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I don't.
2: I don't. I don't. I listen to it on a different app called Pocket Casts. I don't yeah. use Spotify. I hate, 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 hate listening to Spotify uh, podcasts on Spotify. I cannot stand it. It's just something that. I just I just hate it so much. <laughs> but wow. I I listen to pocket cars. I find it so much easier. Okay. <laughs> but group 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 chat will definitely be in my top five if if I had one. It would definitely be
0: in my top five. What is um do you did Spotify at least tell you what music you listen to? I know you oh well you told us this story midweek. You said that it's mixed up because your your Spotify is attached to your Alexa and anybody in the house just uses your Alexa as a jukebox, yeah, so, right?
2: Yeah, so so I'll give you an example. Uh, we drove home from football today. I picked up name from his football practice, and he's like, "Can I, you know, get the orcs?" <laughs> like, so he played Spotify. So the first record that he played was um, the Armani White record. Okay. Then he went into uh, oh, uh, uh, Imagine Dragons record. Yeah. Then then he played a, um, a that uh, Louis Theroux uh, jiggle jiggle yeah Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. then he played a acdc record and then he finished it off with that it's corn kid that they made a song out of oh wow so he played literally like 45 seconds of each one so whatever came to his head he was like i'm gonna play this so then you can imagine between that and what i listen to it's super varied and then when i have like people around guests i have like a whole mix of stuff so my my spotify is not necessarily indicative of me as an individual but more as like my, my entire family which is very very varied nice and
0: alex do you find that fifth podcast what's your yeah, number fifth, five? Podcast? Fifth one
1: is joe rogan experience ah nice that's a good mix yeah it's not bad i, th- I think it's like i'd say all of the ones like common ones what oh. what how many of your friends do you reckon listen to the all
0: in podcast or group chat
1: i mean group chat and all in all, it's just nick that you guys know sextile nick he listens oh. he, he he listens to both
0: you know what's weird um that all in i believe recently has hit either position 13 14 or 16 on the global charts for podcasts. is becoming number 16
2: yeah number 16 that's, yeah, number 16. that's, big. that's yeah.
0: seriously a lot of power mm. man that, yeah, that's that's a that's a collective of voices that's really doing it mm-hmm.
2: look at alex yeah. all grown up man listening know. to grown up
0: podcasts at the
2: age yeah, of I, I, I only
1: listening started listening to podcasts for real for you I think, like on the daily, it was when you guys told me about group chat a bit over a year ago.
0: Oh, good. Oh wow. Well, we're happy. You 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 really you really couldn't choose a, a better one. Okay. Right, good. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Exactly. So, brilliant. Let's let's get into uh, some more news. We've only got uh Vic for another seven minutes, and then Alex, it's me, and you, Thelma, and Louise riding over the edge of the cliff or whatever happens in that movie. All right, Vic, here's with, here's with whatever story you'd want to discuss as your final one.
2: Yeah, so actually, I've got about 17 minutes now. So um, actually, local local good news. Uh, so in the UAE, this uh, report has come out. Uh, well, at least some news articles have come out that the UAE has attracted over $2.9 billion. And we were discussing this the other day. Is in hotel earnings this year. Wow. so it's effectively the top tourist destination globally um in regards to like hotel earnings now when i first saw the article a few days ago it was, it was kind of a bit more around tourism and we weren't sure how that was broken up but as i see some more articles it's just around hotel earnings so that really kind of propels dubai uae in in you know in its entirety as probably the number one destination for people to come to not just historically but now people are going to be like okay why are so many people going to dubai why is so many people spending that much money on just ho- this is just hotels this is not fmb retail uh, you know amusement parks etc cetera, etc cetera. you know all the activities that you can have in dubai the sand dunes and all that kind of stuff none of that this is just on hotel rooms and if you imagine that um it's like a 135 percent increase from last year so last year the same uh, uh sorry last quarter they spent it was 20 million this sorry the first quarter of this year was 20 million and last year the same um time span was 8.6 million it's 135 percent increase in just like quarter on quarter year on year and
0: that's a huge increase let's so, let's Let's, yeah, let, let's put a barrier around that and really look at what some of the reasons are. I found this stuff mm-hmm. really interesting, which is that just in Q1 of 2022, there was 6 million visitors to the UAE, which clocked up between them 25 million hotel nights. So that means on average, every br- everybody probably did around four, four and All a night. quarter hotel yeah. nights on average. Uh, And that is compared to, that's a 10% uplift on the same time in 2019, which was the last open quarter, truly open quarter of trade that tourism had here in Dubai. Now, there's probably a couple of reasons. I'll throw a couple out. I'm sure I'm going to miss some. But obviously, the post-COVID response by Dubai in terms of getting the city back online, that was definitely an up variable in the beginning of this year. That brought in a lot of revenue, I'm sure here being one of the first top destinations for the Russians when they left Russia, they're not just going to naturally move into villas the first day. They're going to need hotels. So I think that probably helped with a lot of revenue. And I'm sure a lot of these people were actually also prepared to overpay as well. So that would have helped like with the average daily room rate. It's been very, very warm and welcoming for crypto. And I think a lot of people last year in other markets, and again, gets, gets, gets to my first point again, is that if there were some sort of like lockdowns and restrictions, In the West, where it's cold, the incentive is absolutely there to come to Dubai. And at the time, interest rates were effectively zero. Like, you know, interest rates were very, very low. People were still spending like it was as if we were going into the roaring 20s, which we're certainly not now. And it it was all eyes on Dubai. Dubai did did incredibly well to be, uh, you know, receptive to all these types of business simultaneously because there is a compound effect. When you come here and see other people having a great time and you go, hang on a second, I'm going to go back and tell people. And it looks like they managed to draw that momentum right out into the final quarter of the year where there is actually a lot of people here to come and either experience the World Cup here in Dubai in phenomenally beautiful conditions or use Dubai as a gateway to head over to Qatar for a day or two, go and check out the football they've got tickets for and then come back to Dubai and continue to kick it. I wonder if there's anything I've missed out. Yeah, I would, I
2: I agree with all of those points. And there's two more things. One is the overall Dubai brand, like brand Dubai, as we've mentioned many times on the podcast there, like marketing of Dubai, which has a, you know, a knock on a positive knock on effect to the rest of the UAE has been exceptional. Um, And a lot of it's come from, you know, the post COVID or what, you know, how COVID was handled. But I think the other thing that's supported the hotels specifically, is the uh, real estate investment so now we've we've seen a huge boom over the last two years in real estate investment as we know and we've spoken about before but again similarly as you mentioned about people that are coming in they need a hotel to stay in first well when real estate investors come they're going to stay in a hotel to then go and do their viewings and legal and paperwork and whatever they need to do they're going to stay in a hotel so i think that's probably given it a really big boost as well In terms of people coming in and just booking hotel rooms for a week, four nights is pretty typical for someone that's coming to look for a property, based on our knowledge and experience.
0: Mm, And in typical situation, everybody came in and Alex left. Alex leaving is probably the reason why a lot of people came in. (laughs) Well, Um... we didn't consider that as an option. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) probably very true. Yeah.
2: How's Amsterdam right now? Is it empty?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. No, how is Amsterdam right now is it, is it popping heading into the festive season?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't I think because the weather here isn't too great during winter, like it rains like a pretty decent amount. I'd say all the tourists know to come after like it stops raining. So, I haven't seen an increase from like 2-3 months ago to now. Mm. But I I did see a huge decrease from when I first arrived in summer and like a month or after that let ah. me ask you a question Alex
2: you know you know we talk we talk a lot about UAE Dubai and mm-hmm. you know kind of all all the kind of positive things that happen uh here when you tell people that you've you you know you grew up in Abu Dhabi you lived there and you moved to Dubai and all that kind of stuff how do your peers respond that aren't from here like any students or anyone that you might meet how do they respond do they give you like oh right I didn't know you know what, what's their response
1: I think I think it's um, a few different things I think one thing is like oh wow that's like so weird to hear that like you grew up all the way over there and like because you just don't meet that many people who grew, who grew up over there I guess and then second of all is they always say they want to go and it, I guess it's just something that like worldwide Dubai is the place that you like want to visit at least once in your life.
2: So do they do they proactively say to you yes oh, we want we've want, always wanted to visit yeah, dubai yeah, or something like that for sure
1: i i'd I say more more than like more, more than half of the people that i speak to directly say that they would love to go there one day
0: wow do you tell your, do you tell them you're, do you tell them you the city boys in the city on the hot boys i
1: can't uh, <laughs> no no yeah. no do, 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 just, just, just say you just up. say i want to
0: show you do you say i want to show you how hot i am in dubai check out some of the parties and celebrities i've hung out with and then they go to your instagram and they realize it's just all <laughs> fucking drones It's
1: just drones yeah <laughs> and, then, and then they think i'm an absolute nerd <laughs> so you need a separate uh, account for all the cool stuff you've done you're
0: just like that's all your instagram is it just that I, Over, had a like, sec- music. I had a
1: separate account originally for my drone stuff but I just decided to move it over to my main. You made it part of your identity. There we go, Viknus yeah, the vibes. I know it. I know it.
2: <laughs> Listen, nice. talking about talking about great things in the UAE, um, and you know, brands and big names. Kevin Hart has just announced his new tour, which is the Reality Check tour, and his first stop on the twenty second of February in twenty twenty three next year is Abu Dhabi, oh, which is no gonna, surprise.
0: We're going to be busy. We're gonna be busy if oh. he comes, I reckon. Oh right, I thought you meant on the night. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, think yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah, probably yeah. we're probably quite quite hectic because we're obviously doing more stuff in Abu Dhabi right now. So let's see how that plays out. So that's good news for us from a business point of view. Um, yeah, I love his movies and I love his interviews. His 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 stand up hasn't rattled me. It doesn't really rattle me to my core. Uh, but I would I would definitely go and watch it. And if we do have to go and watch it for work, or if if work creates a situation where we go watch it, then yeah, I'm fully down for that. I'd like to, I'd like to see. It. He is a legend right now. He has joined that that A league of, um, you know, really successful people who are primarily in comedy. So yeah, I, I would be keen for that. Other dates include the 24th of April in Birmingham, UK, 25th Manchester, UK, 26th Amsterdam, 27th over to London, 29th Glasgow. I think I I would even consider popping into a couple of these, but you know, obviously if it's in Abu Dhabi, it'd be much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
2: look if regardless, I mean look, the pre pre-sales go on sale pre-sale tomorrow. Yeah. And I think they're gonna be sold out within a matter of, you know, an hour or <laughs> two hours. I reckon it's gonna be I reckon these are gonna be really hot, hot, hot tickets. I reckon in the in these in is-
0: these markets so selling out in an hour is is Dave Chappelle level demand. Do you think in these A markets there's a bunch of well, I guess there's a there's one true A market, which is London, but then there's some good. There's some big markets here. You reckon? You reckon one yeah. hour?
2: Yeah, hour maybe two. But Kevin Hart, look, let, let's keep it all the way real. Kevin Hart is not seen as just a stand-up comedian. Dave Chappelle is. Kevin Hart is everything. You know, he's actor, comedian, producer. Uh, he's in food. He's in finance. He's in fitness. He has all his other little shows. He goes on and roasts Stephen A. Smith on the the sports stuff in in america like he's huge and he's almost ubiquitous in intent entertainment so there's an argument to be made that he's bigger than dave chappelle it's a very good point yeah yeah, yeah. he's, he's de- and probably a more star.
0: compelling
2: yeah yeah and more compelling sorry to interrupt more compelling to a non-stand-up comedy fan someone that's a fan of like general entertainment and therefore or general comedy should i say where kevin hart fits in in whether it be his movies or stand-up or whatever it may be so i think he's got more star power and he only does these massive arenas like that's just mm-hmm. all he does you know so uh so i think i think yeah like maybe an hour is generous maybe two maybe three but they'll be sold out in the day like it's not that's not going to last more than a day you know
0: so it's Do interesting you because you know, now you're talking about an arbitrage which is that You're not necessarily going to see him do the greatest comedy work ever, but what you are going to do is get an hour's worth of conversation, stories, and jokes from a guy who really does live one of the most incredible superstar lifestyles ever. And he doesn't need to be as funny as a Chappelle or a Chris Rock. He just needs to be funny enough that you all, he can be a little bit less funny than these people, but that gulf is made up with access or just the chance to see a star, tell some stories, you know, I'm sure there'll be, the staging and the music and everything, the whole experience would be really cool. Get your hands on some merch. If you're a general fan, it's kind of like got a little bit of that meet and greet energy to it, but you're not obviously going to meet him and greet him, but you're going to be in the same room as him knowing that he's good at it. Sorry, Alex, I cut you off.
1: No, I was just going to ask if you think there'll be a, um age restriction at his show just because I know that a lot of his fans are, I'd say on the younger side, right? Because of all his movies. Because he has a lot of like comedy movies that are, I, I, I would say... Towards like fourteen to sixteen year olds, e- e- even younger for some of his movies, and that just makes me think of all the kids who tell their parents they want to go to the show. Dude, I
2: I I wouldn't show. I mean, in a's nine, but I wouldn't show most of his most most of Kevin Hart's really? movies, like Jumanji. Yeah, and
1: yeah, but yeah, but, but I'm saying I was saying like fourteen to sixteen, not nine year old Like,
2: yeah, I don't, different.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't, actually, I
2: don't know about if he's ever had any age restrictions, his comedy is not for younger
1: audiences. Which is usual, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that might indicate that there's an age restriction. Check the website, check the
0: website, check the website. It's not out yet.
2: It's not um, out. There's there's no other information out. It's just this. Okay, yeah, I would. Very, I would assume. I would
0: assume in most markets it's probably going to be eighteen and over. Yeah. I think eighteen and over, and then in these venues, especially at like Abu Dhabi, they'll just keep an eye out yeah. for people that uh, make sure they're over a certain age if they want to buy alcohol. Maybe in Abu Dhabi it might be over twenty-one. Alex, are you going to buy Amsterdam tickets? Are you going to. Pre-sale? I don't know. I'm
1: thinking about it. It'd be interesting, right? I went to see him in Abu Dhabi a long, long time ago.
0: Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Cool. That was your first show. We spoke about that on the. On yeah, that the, on was on my first comedy show. Yeah,
2: that I mean and then a French, uh, yeah, Jamel de Bouze. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, he, he's even
1: pretty The name famous. alone is so funny. God, <laughs> I wish he, had... He's pretty famous. Yeah, god, it just but, conjures uh... up
0: amazing jokes in my mind. Classics, <laughs> the, classics booze, right? the booze Although, is full of classics, all the ones you understand. It's like, it's like sometimes you find yourself in a situation and go, Oh, god, de Bouze has got such a good bit on this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I... that was good, that was good, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's wrap up because, uh, you know, Vic's about to leave and uh, it's a nice story. It's a great story. It's uh, really showing that there's a story about one of my favorite people in the world, Jay-Z, now is unfortunately going through a bit of a tricky time with Bacardi. Uh, It looks like Jay-Z wanted to share, uh, sell his shares in Doucet, which is a really nice drink, to be fair, uh, back to Bacardi. And so in that kind of situation, we have to figure out how much is an appropriate amount to pay Jay Z for his shares. In doing so, uh, Bacardi came with a low ball number. May have prompted Jay Z. He may have felt this way already about it, but he wanted to get an audit, find out how much uh, do say merchandise is there, how much stock is there, where is it held, anything that's of asset value to do say. Um, Bacardi did an audit, came back with some information. That information looks like it's suspiciously low. If that information is low then that means you can ask for less money and uh they're trying to probably buy him out on the cheap now they're both in a court case Bacardi is saying that there's certain information that they cannot disclose because it points to other aspects of their business it looks like they agreed to do this on somewhat of a handshake um but then once the due diligence was being done which is very normal that um that it turns out that Hove is not quite ready to do the deal at least formally and the court case could be worth up to Oh, what was the amount? Was it, I mean, I it's think 2, whatever, billion. 2 billion, I think it's right? 2 billion. Yeah, yeah, it's 2 billion. 2 billion, yeah. But then, so the, what, the, law, the,
2: lawsuit is, the lawsuit is a $2 billion lawsuit. Now, in terms of the valuation of do say post all of this, that's obviously remains to be seen, but that's the number that they've put on the lawsuit.
0: And I think whatever he does get from this, whether he wins the court case or he gets the acquisition size that he's looking for, this will take him from what's known to be at this stage, uh, rumored to be $1.5 billion net worth to... I mean, I think it's gonna push him past the two billion mark because we've seen i think fifty did uh i don't I can't remember there was one big acquisition that was like in the two hundred and eighty million dollar mark i mean jay Z was doing touring deals for a hundred and fifty million, so whatever he's looking to do when it comes to getting rid of this, I think it's gonna be in excess at least his share will be in excess of you know five hundred million so definitely something that's probably worth him putting his time on. I also imagine as well that when you are navigating and strategizing something like this it probably takes a huge amount of headspace. I'm sure it's not something that raised its ugly head in the last couple of days, Um, and so it makes you think, man. It's clear that I don't think Jay Z is going to be putting out music for a little while, whilst all this gets done. But the one, the one that he did do, obviously he did the verse on God did this year, stole the whole album. But yeah, man, I think I, I think we can see this guy going past the two billion dollar mark. He needs to get that bag, forget the music for a bit. He just needs to go and get that bag. <laughs> do you know, what yeah. I mean? yeah.
1: You think he even will make another album? No, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he will. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he will. You think he'll tour again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he will, yeah. Yeah, I'll take take Raj's word. I I think so,
2: too. (laughs) Raj is definitely the Jay-Z aficionado. uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why I was asking.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Another album and another tour is on the cards. But like Raj said, I agree. You know, probably not for another 12 months at least. At
1: least, Mm
0: till all this yeah, is over it, and settles down. I think, I, think, I think Jay-Z could, Jay-Z, if you wanted to, would probably want to do, you know, there's certain amount of streams equal a physical copy. I don't mm. think people are going to stream an album by him at the same volume that they would do a more contemporary artist. So I think what Jay-Z is going to do is Jay-Z is probably going to put out albums now that are basically closer to like books or manuals about life, like 444 was. And if he said, look, one of the conditions of, um, you know, me putting out an album is that I need X amount in pre-sales. I think he could pre-sell 150K. I definitely think he could. Album copies. Because, yeah, because a physical album copy is worth X amount of streams. Like, there are people that are saying that that the actual, like, printed, pressed copies of uh, Drake and 21's album, I think was somewhere like 12 or 30-something thousand physical copies. It's nothing like a, and yeah. what that means is that if you've got a physical mm-hmm. copy then that has a relative number of spins attached and the spins are distilled down into what would be a physical copy equivalent but even drake right now if he wanted to if he said listen i need two hundred thousand physical copies orders placed before i print this music to it and i don't care whether you play the cd or you don't i just need that commitment from you that revenue i think it could it could totally happen totally yeah. happen
2: well, let's wait and see. I mean, I think I think this guy knows what he's doing, obviously. And uh, I think he's gonna get the bag, man. I think he's gonna get a good bag out of this.
1: Nice, Everyone's nice. Get paid.
0: Cool. Okay, out and about. Alex, you said before the show, no out and about for you.
1: I have all I've been doing is watching the World Cup and working. Hey, speaking of watching the World Cup, can you just go back a few
0: messages to uh, our group chat just between me, you and Vic, the company one? Yeah, uh, where I was like setting up the time which was yesterday
1: setting up the time yes
0: yeah so you said tomorrow evening work would work better for me if that works for both of you to which i replied
1: "Yep, i can record in the evening between six and one up to 90 minutes Alex, between yeah, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't get it because you weren't triggered. And then Vic said, Bro, Vic I said, didn't clock it, but now I do." But the timings made sense with your schedule, like six p.m. to like one a.m. I'm free to, point, to do this podcast. Yeah, that's, <laughs>
0: that's the genius of it. And then I almost, I was gonna shove the knife in a bit deeper because, <laughs> sure, because Vic said, "Sure, Dubai time," and I said, "Yeah, de- Dubai time's fine. We definitely won't need extra time." <laughs> But I didn't write it. I was like, no, nah, I, I, don't, I don't want to give it away. I said, being that he's not got it, we'll just mention it on the podcast. Yeah. So, looks like you got
1: creamed,
0: Alex. Oh, Switzerland got yeah. thumbed
1: hardcore. It, it was very disappointing because we actually played horrible compared to the group stage games. I don't even think it's a factor that Portugal played, like, an insane game. Like, if Portugal played an insane game in Switzerland, like – played their regular game and we lose 6-1 sure but it's just annoying when like switzerland plays like like horrible horrible why did they play horrible what was it what caused it i don't know we played a three three at the back Mm. this whole World cup we've been playing a four at the back there's so many reasons right nerves anything
2: Mm. well i think i think they they got flustered man like they definitely i I don't mean that as a diss but (laughs) when you just look at it objectively they definitely looked they looked flustered when they were playing. Mm-hmm. So, well, there we go. And We were messaging. I was messaging with your dad as well. Yeah. And, uh, Shayla was messaging with you and your dad yeah. separately. Yeah, well. and
1: then so, and then Ine texted me in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just for just for just for context, Shayla is from <laughs> Portugal.
2: So obviously that was a fun evening for her. Pylon, the- pylon. It was a majaria
0: pylon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Speaking of football, uh, heading into Out and About in Dubai, uh, we did really. really I, just same before the call, like normally before the call, I go through my gallery because I basically take pictures every day of whatever the hell I'm doing. Uh, I found that it also helps me, remind me, bring it to the podcast as well. But we really didn't do much this week. We've been working. I, I think I, I can clearly say that there's been at least two occasions where I've fallen asleep at my laptop. Yesterday was damn near like a slump. And then uh, so a lot of work going on. Um, but we did head out one time this week on Tuesday, thanks to our good friend, So, Dear Sayal, we were invited to uh, a VIP experience at the Bud X fan zone. So, I want to give a shout out to some of the folks in charge there, Jyoti and Bavesh. Had a great time hanging out with them and talking to them. Uh, And we also watched the football where Morocco played Spain and another big upset, really.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Go on. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Tell me your go ahead. thoughts
2: on the match and then I'll tell you my thoughts on the fact. I mean,
1: I, I'll, I was more so because I've already spoken to Raj because Raj, well, but neither of you ever watched football and you guys spent 120 minutes with zero goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit
1: a bit low ROI, but you know what? The vibe
0: <laughs> was pretty good. I yeah, knew, see, sure. I, I I, obbed it. I was like, listen, we're going to go because so there's a good dude. He has a super network in this city like I do. And I was told that if you go to his events and you hang out with him, you'll always have a good time. So we went there and everybody in the VIP section was super bright. Everybody was doing something interesting. And so I knew that whether it runs 90 minutes or 120, I'm going to be able to chop it up with people. And because (laughs) you've got a bunch of hustlers in the VIP section, plenty of talking and conversating and learning going on. So from that perspective, it was really good. And then what was great is that once we got through that 120 minutes and it was down to the penalties that was a really galvanizing moment now obviously morocco is the only arab representation still rocking uh this far into the world cup and so as being an arabic country there was a mm-hmm. like there was a, like a sentimental attachment from people here and so the vibe was incredible uh vic got one of the best videos of all time on his on his android because samsung is really good in low light <laughs> Lot of celebrations. It was good when it was good when uh, Morocco scored. It was even better vibe wise when Spain missed. Missed, yeah. I'm well sure. why why did Spain miss? I mean, Spain was missing like they were the they were Japan
1: the previous night. I mean I mean it's tough because the the Spanish managers told the players to take each take a thousand penalties before they got to the World Cup to train because you don't have time to train penalties in during training. But um yeah, and they missed all of them. <laughs> um. I don't know. I mean, you see Switzerland did the same thing 2 years ago in the Euros against Spain. We missed our first three penalties. Like if if you're missing three penalties, like you deserve to lose. Right. Like there, there's yeah. no other way of putting it, right? Like if I mean, to be fair to the Moroccan keeper, it's not like the players missed, the keeper saved them. So that already like makes a little bit of a difference. Mm. But I don't know. You you try and put it somewhere like tight corner it hits the post goes out there's so many factors mm. what, what what's crazy
2: is that you know like when you think about the, like the matchup you know the, the matchup between Spain and Morocco you know obviously I don't know enough about football but I know mm-hmm. Spain's a more dominant team than, yeah. than Morocco but Morocco basically just did one thing they just stepped up they said mm-hmm. like we, we can't we can't lose and yeah obviously they didn't but they were like at every point and it was, it was like really back and forth right there was like a shot and goal one side, a shot and goal the other, mm-hmm. shot and goal the other. And the both goalies did really well. But yeah, they just cracked during the um the penalties. But I would say, so you know, being in the fan zone, when we first got there, it was quite empty in the VIP. And then slowly, slowly, you know, the whole place started to fill out. And this place is phenomenal. Like you it's like planes, trains, and automobiles. You gotta you drive down to the palm, you've got to park, then you get a shuttle bus, then you walk in, and then you, you know, like there's a whole like mm-hmm. series of things that you have to do. And I tell you what, man, that is that was an experience. It was a very, very, very solid experience. I can't imagine what it would have been down like in like the general population area where it was just wild. My friend was Morocco there. Was, well, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but the whole experience was good. And not only that, really well executed, really well organized. You know, you don't see that. There was no like, oh, I've got to wait. I've got to do this. You know, what's going on here? Mm. Where am I? You know, there was none of that. It was very seamless, very smooth. And uh, yeah, actually just a, really solid experience man like a really really solid experience i
0: mm. think maybe
2: next world cup i'll definitely book book some seats there if i'm uh if i'm around
0: yeah it was good I'm, yeah, I'm that guessing... wasn't just because we were in that wasn't just because we we're in the vip section down in the fruit market at the bottom everyone was looking like they're having a decent time as well so yeah not a bad day to be general population
1: vic so, you're big... saying t- it's ticketed right so you buy a ticket and then well i i'm not i'm not sure we, we uh, okay, were very okay. graciously uh you know we, we were
2: we, we were got able the hookup VIP experience yeah you know I mean <laughs> okay. so Sudir so, so and Jyoti and Babish they all hooked it up um and yeah like I don't know I think I think you just reserve online you pay mm-hmm. and you yeah reserve online you rock up there's like general population where you stand then just behind that there's like bean bags, and just behind that is like you know VIP section like the, the first kind of rung of VIP section mm-hmm. where there's like you know like chairs and tables yeah then there's where we were where it was much bigger sofas and all that and then there was so, behind us which was like massive like booths with uh, the tvs inside as well like like the kind of vip sections that you get in the uh miami the or vegas yeah, um, yeah, yeah clubs yeah. like the big super clubs where you get the big like booths and stuff that's, that's for like the VVVIPs uh, and it's got the biggest screen in the region if I'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. definitely definitely so, the yeah.
0: UAE so yeah it's was, it was popping it'd be it's really be good sick
1: to get down there for the final I'm sure yeah I'm sure the vibes are crazy
0: yeah 18th right is the final we'll have to see yeah. well if we do it, if we do it, you know actually I thought Vic, I thought uh Alex you came into your own this week when you're talking about football so uh that was well done I liked it it's pretty insightful so good amazing um that's it. And obviously we had national day this weekend. I think everyone was just exhausted. So we just chilled out. I went to Vix for a bit, kicked it with the in-laws, Vicks in-laws. Yeah. Had a good we old time. We
2: watched the Portugal match. We watched the Portugal match here as well. That's what we
0: uh, did. And we found out that okay. Na doesn't really like football if we've been super honest about it. Really? He just, yeah. He just is. it's Not to the point where like like a thoroughbred would be like glued to the screen. Mm. He was, uh, he, he's, he's, he's got things going on, man. He'll be, he'll be like, he'll be, like doing, he'll be doing deals. I'm telling you very soon. <laughs> So uh, yeah, he's so that's it. So it was a good old time, really good old time. Uh shout out to everybody who had accelerated national day. Big up UAE 51. And then final, finally, when it comes to shout-outs, you got any shout outs, Alex?
1: Um, not specifically. Alex, I want Alex,
0: you need to start shouting out like the hottest people in your university and then sending the podcast to them and then giving them a shout out. As yet, we have not had anybody, I've not had anybody DM me and be like, yo, man, I go to university with Alex, I listen to him on the podcast and you know i know about the podcast that's it so you're doing a terrible job in the four p's when it comes to promotion and you don't even show up for some of the production as well so we're gonna need you to pull your finger out in 2023 it's and start jealous. like i'm gonna need to get stickers made for the Raj-tet comeback show. season yeah i want to see it i want to see stickers for the raj tech show <laughs> all over all over amsterdam you know i might be coming in february really for yes. a reason
1: just like that or... just,
0: just to take care of some bits and pieces but like i might have to come down there and uh and if i do but it's kind kind of like could be between there and Riyadh which is real pull in two very opposite directions yeah. so we'll see how that goes um okay wrapping up with but, uh, shout outs
2: yeah we we have a big shout out i think i'll i'll let you lead the shout out raj no yeah, you lead big... it you lead it so so two days ago um i think it was two days ago uh i listened to channel 4 radio with my son when i do the school run in the mornings he's a big fan of JJ and Nimi show and uh, we had on the new on well on the radio she announced that she is leaving the channel four show I think she's been there for around four years if I'm not mistaken five Something years those five years now yeah yeah so she's moving on to do I don't know yet what but I'm sure bigger better and great things so um, for anyone that doesn't know Nimi uh, was a client of our agency in yeah. 2019 yeah, she graduated the four P's. She graduated from the four P's, started her podcast, started doing some kind of live events and hosting and has, you know, through a lot of hard work and an extreme amount of talent has gone on to do some really, really great things in that world as well and continue to grow her podcast, continue to do amazing live events, hosting big, 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 big events and continue to do great on the on the radio show. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's, you know probably time for her to move on maybe five years on
0: or you know whatever it might be but i wish her the best of luck nice good yeah big up to nimi you know one that one of the things that uh, from a business point of view one of the things that makes certain clients really really exceptional contributors to the relationship that you have with your client is that they also bring a lot to the relationship and it's not just paying your fees but it's also coming up with ideas and also what I remember about Nimi, there's a couple of things when she was working with us at the beginning of this, her building her media thing, was that she's got a lot of original ideas that she's come up with. If you uh, have an opinion that's directly opposing her, she will fight her corner and win. You know, if the, the, she she will she'll if it, if it's a better idea, like we we were not convinced that everything legit was the the right name for the podcast and she made her case and she ran with it and she owned it and she actually made that brand blossom which was really good and then also as well like you when it comes to our, our case studies like people know that Vic and I have worked with you know the Wu-Tang clan and Russell Peters and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these other people but a lot of the people that we work with are through our clients and we can't work with huge people through our clients unless our clients have ambitions to play at that level and so, a lot of the people that we've made content with as producers has been with our clients. And one of those clients that brought an incredible amount of like huge brands into the ecosystem, for example, the managing director of Spotify, Liza Koshy, Steve Harvey, Mark Manson, Steve Madden, so many different huge celebrities that she said, This is part of my vision, all came through Nimi. So, you know, steel sharp and steel. And she was, uh, she really did a thing. And also, another thing as well is, if you ever get to see her in a photo shoot which i understand that basically no one's going to get the chance to do it's one of the most miraculous things ever because like the time that the half trigger is pressed she can be talking and doing whatever she's doing as the exposure opens on the camera she hits the look and then she just goes back to talking again so she literally its like a dj when a dj can hit a beat or scratch on beat or like you know when michael jackson was dancing you're like well how's he hitting those moves like how's he even hearing those beats so she was like that. So yeah, big up to her, man. We, and she's a uh, big up to her family for having a lot of belief in her and supporting her. They were a big part of the, the process when we started working with us. So yeah, onwards and upwards. I don't know. I, I think if anybody was to leapfrog and go from what she's doing to something incredibly big, like an apple or something like that could be her, who knows, but big up to her. Wish you all the best. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Now content recommendations. Alex, Alex have, you have you got content recommendations?
1: I started a new TV show on Netflix, which I love. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Ozark. I know it's not a new show, but it is. I, I, I just started watching it, and so far, so good. I nice. Really yeah. There's a lot of seasons to get through, though. It's going to be a commitment. It's four seasons. It's not too bad. And I think I, I it's not like 20 episodes for a season. I think it's closer to the 10. So it's not like too, too long okay Raj
2: you 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 know Alex's uni schedule he's got plenty yeah I'm chilling (laughs) he'll finish that this week (laughs) The guys chilling
0: sleep sleeps through episodes and hasn't done any edits for weeks I think we need to start if he finishes Ozark in the next two three days that means we're not giving him enough to do on this podcast
2: dude he he sleeps through the episodes that he's on not just the ones that
0: he misses (laughs) (laughs) well listen next week as well head speaking of which we've got a special episode it's uh episode 50 of the Rajkatech show number one podcast in Dubai. So we're going to be getting all of our editorial team on, uh, whilst we're doing shout outs before that, before we wrap that up, we're going to give shout outs to our team, the algatorial team. We call them, which is of course, I wanted to say them in the same order that I do every single week. Uh, Arjun, Bal, Jessel, Kish, Kish is in Dubai. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast in person soon. Kyron, Neil, Neil's on his way to Dubai, Sal and Wes. So big up to you guys for sending in stories. So that's, Alex's content recommendation, Vic, what's yours? Yeah, so mine is uh, Romesh Ranganathan. He's a comic out of the UK
2: and and kind of overall TV personality. He does a lot of hosting and he has all these kind of little breakout shows that he does with other comedians and also his mum, who is extremely funny. Um, so he's got a new stand up special called The Cynic, which is effectively the best way to describe his personality (laughs) that's exactly the best way to describe it and he does it in a place called Crawley in London which is where he grew up and if anyone knows Crawley and anyone that doesn't it's basically not a nice area at all it's a bit you know whatever but he's from there and he said that I want to take it back there and he's done a bunch of shows ready for that and he's taking it back there I think that it is a really really solid stand-up special more so because, not so much in a traditional sense, Ramish Ranganathan hasn't got this kind of traditional comedic style where it's just set up and punchline, set up and punchline, set up and punchline, or one-liners. He has very much a kind of personal conversational style in the way he delivers his jokes. So sometimes you think you're just having a conversation with him and he's just telling you like a story. It's not, it doesn't feel like a bit. Mm-hmm. So I like that. But what's really interesting about this one, just to put a, Kind of cap on it. It's in two episodes. The first episode is the stand-up special itself, about an hour long. The next episode is about a thirty-minute-long piece where they, where he's got a camera crew following him around on the lead up to the um, stand-up special, but specifically from the point where he tells his mum, his brother, his wife, and his kids that he's doing this stand-up special, and then just like a reaction and. You know, just him going back to his old school and going to different places and just interacting with his mum. Really, really solid piece. I think that was very good. And then the other content recommendation I have is a trailer. I think I think Sal sent it on the group chat, which is uh, You People, which is a new film by Jonah Hill, writer written by Jonah Hill and starring Jonah Hill, along with Eddie Murphy and Neil Eddie Murphy and Nia Long. So the trailer's out, it's about a minute long. It looks solid. It looks really good. So three solid stars there as well.
0: Yeah, you people is obviously a term, for those unfamiliar, is something that can be said by mistake and be triggering and cause an argument because you're objectifying people. And the the through line of this appears to be the case that Jonah Hill, uh, white guy, big, funny white white guy, uh, it looks like he's dating uh, the daughter of the characters of Eddie Murphy and Nia Long. And just, you know, obviously America having its diversity Uh, set up that it does it can lead to something hilarity ensues as they say on the pitch so that looks pretty good speaking of which my content recommendation which i've not written down but my content recommendation for this week is jonah Hill Stutz, which is a conversation between jonah hill and his real life therapist phil Stutz. uh jonah hill gets into some real depth about uh, his relationship with his mom his relationship with fame his yo-yoing or bad relationship with with weight and his physical appearance is incredible. It's a two-way conversation where even the therapist opens up. It's highly recommended. And I'll tell you why it's highly recommended because I feel like social media has presented mental health and associated subjects like motivation and anxiety and things like that in a very superficial way where you get people saying stuff which is just really hollow. It's a bunch of catchphrases and there's nothing actionable about it. In this documentary, the therapist is actually drawing on a piece of paper actionable models and analogies that you can apply straight away. So it's incredibly good, highly recommended. I know there's a lot more people now getting into mental health, and I feel like this could be to mental health what something like Live Aid was for inspiring people to go and join a rock group. It's like you're going to look at it and go, okay, I see now. When you talk to an actual therapist about mental health, as opposed to like a Lewis House clip or a Stephen Bartlett clip or whatever, something which is, it's it's catchy and it's snackable, but it's not, it's not really going into a lot of actionable depth. This is really really good. It's a long form piece of content. It's beautifully shot. It's very raw. I would highly recommend it.
1: I don't know That's if it. you mentioned, but it is on Netflix for anybody who wants to watch it.
0: Thank you so much. It's so good to have you back, Alex. You've really been today. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex <laughs> in, inter, inter, Alexing has really leveled up this episode of the podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed. Anything else anybody want to say? That's it for me. That's it for me. Okay, it's Soul DXB this weekend, guys. Make sure you join us 2 p.m. at the Def Jam area for a 30-minute mix by me and 15-minute interview. And then this weekend at Soul DXB, an incredible love soul experience at the stand of our favorite brand in the sea amongst few. We are going to be doing two 90 minute sets. I can't even tell you how excited we are to get these out and get you to, to hear them. We're all going to be on the set with some incredible people. um, Four o'clock Saturday and half two on Sunday, the 11th, 90 minute sets Vic and I come and have a great time with us. If you enjoyed this show, make sure you give us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Just give us the maximum amount of likes and positivity you can on any platform, including YouTube, subscribe, and comments are also, we just super grateful for them. And uh, hit the share button if anybody wants to go check it out. That's it until next week. Next week's episode 50. We've got some cool stuff planned. Everybody else, have a great night and uh, come and see us at Soul DXB this weekend. Peace.